You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com. And streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's LA Complex After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424 424- 256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's LA Complex After Show. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Bing is for doing, and we are here doing another exciting AfterBuzz TV after show for the LA Complex. This is Rule of Third, Season 2, Episode 6. I'm your host, Emil Ennis Jr., and tonight I'm joined here with my other two wonderful hosts. Hi, I'm Miriam. And I am Bam Erickson. And we're missing Kelly tonight. She's on vacation, but she'll be back with us next week. But tonight we have a very special guest. His name is Brett Dyer, and you may know him from the L.A. Complex. He plays Brandon. Are you on the line? Team Brandon. Hello. Hello, sir. Thanks for joining us. For having me. Yeah, the true player himself. Yes, you are. We, we get to see How's it going, guys? Good. Good, we're, good, good. We're good. We're great. Thank you for um, thank you for being a part of our episode tonight. Oh, thank you for having me, man. You had quite um, you've had quite an interesting storyline, to say the least, uh, on the LA Complex, and I agree. It's. Um, <laughs> You play like the the good old Christian boy naturally for your career, and just the naughty, naughty hottie with a body behind oh, closed yeah. doors outside of your role. So, so you're, you're playing like two different roles on the show, mm-hmm. which is really kind of cool. Um, yeah. How did you How did you feel having to kind of do both roles as far as like being the good Christian boy and playing the goody two shoe, and then kind of being the absolute polar opposite? I was I was really excited because there's a lot to play around with that, um, especially being an actor on the Christian show and actually it's showing the the scenes of being an actor. You know, like when they're doing the scenes on the Christian show, and I got to like over overact like kind of like an, you know a Disney show kind of thing on on set, and then be the Christian guy on set, and then also be the bad guy. So it's almost like three characters. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like yeah, it was really fun to play around with. So yeah, I loved it. Okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about uh, your your storyline and, and what happened today. So the show, your particular character, uh, starts off with uh, Abby confronting you in regards about she's not really comfortable with this threesome because she wants you all by herself, and she's not really comfortable with that. And in previous episodes, she was really only being a part of that threesome, which at sometimes, which sometimes the scenes was kind of awkward, uh, which we discussed. <laughs> Very awkward. Kind of kind of awkward, you know. It's like you and Abby, you and Abby's character are like making out, and then, Laura, she just kind of jumps in the middle, and <laughs> kind of awkward, but... Um, awkward I'd say more uh, there's a lot of quirkiness that's going on with yeah. it I think the only awkward points that I've noticed was the initial when you made the gnocchi for Abby and 
it seemed as if at first it was going to be like a behind the back thing, but then when it you know turned into a whole threesome thing, I think that's where it slightly got awkward yeah. for the audience because I don't think we expected that, although it was much yeah. appreciated. Well, when I say awkward, I say it's awkward in the sense of me looking at it because you can totally tell that Abby is not comfortable except for when she's, of course, kissing you. And then, like, Laura sometimes is, like, trying to yeah. caress on the back. So, for me, it's not it's not hot and exciting to watch. How, how many times did you guys have to shoot that scene? Because I would have been laughing through the whole scene. Oh, man. Oh, man. Um, well, that, the, the, the threesome scene on the bed, actually, we did that quite a couple times because uh, I bet you it was did. so hard to capture with the camera and everything because there's only three angles there, but it had to, you know, we couldn't show too much skin, so the blankets would come up sometimes and you'd see, like, you know, all of us wearing underwear or whatever, <laughs> pants or whatever. <laughs> so we'd have to, like, that kept happening, so it was like, we had to do it a couple times. It was, it was actually a tough scene to do, and it was very choreographed. Yeah. And, uh... So I, I think those are the hardest things to do. Really? So it was choreographed. So they told you guys step by step, okay, you're going to kiss her. So is, how how much choreographed is it? Well, it's not, I would say maybe 90% choreographed. Okay. Um, yeah. Because they had to do that for the cameras, too. Because, um, you know, we'd have, to, we'd have to get our faces in each one. So if my face was to the left a little bit too much, you know, they'd have to do it again and be like, oh, you know back up just a tad so I have to do from there it was like it was all like a choreographed thing it's, it almost <laughs> sounds like it's um, like threesome twister like the game of Twister, except you kind of have to have, uh, they're like, you know, the producer and the director's like, all right, left hand on her right breast and face yeah. to the right. Well, that's a good idea. <laughs> I think you got something going on there. One of the things that we were discussing last week in regards to um, your character and your storyline is we felt, um, some of us felt that you wanted your cake and eat it too. So it's like you like the threesome but you also like Abby but you are playing both sides to yeah yeah Brandon's I think Brandon's really confused uh he's in a big he's in a pickle he's in a pickle um I think and like in the beginning of this episode when when Abby approaches me and like there's a you know like I think Laura likes me and like it's on set you saw like Brandon was kind of mm -hmm. You know, taken aback by this, he shut off. He was kind of a little bit kind of standoffish towards her because obviously, I mean, if that happened in real life and you know that your job's on the line and someone's, you know, coming up to you talking about these personal things, you, you shut off. Like, so I think Brandon's completely, he's nervous about the whole thing. You know, he's confused. He doesn't know whether or not to keep going with this or to go with Abby or to go with Laura. So. It's all, it's a little big kerfuffle. Well, it seems, it seems, yeah. <laughs> it seems as if Laura is, um, Laura is a safer place for it to be, con to be confident. And uh, Abby's a little bit more of a risk is what yeah. it seems like. Abby's a risk on, you know, Laura's kept her mouth shut. You guys have been doing this for six years. Three of them where you've been serious and intimate with many other people. Cause apparently you guys <laughs> did threesomes prior to this. Yeah. I think, um, what I think is that I think that none of the threesomes were actually an actor on the set. I think it's just other people that we maybe met at, like, you know, rap parties or whatever, just, like, going out sometimes. I don't think it's ever been an actor on set. That's why I think it's a big risk here, and that's why Brandon's kind of really nervous about it all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so prior... Prior to um, prior to the ending, when you obviously made the choice to go back uh, to Laura, does do you really think that your character really likes Abby 
or do you think that he just likes the fact that he can basically I hate to say this but basically banger <laughs> hit it, um, hit it. Yeah. Good, good word uh, I think I think it's like I think it's confusing man because you know you have, a, you have a very 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 attractive girl and another very attractive girl and it's like one of them likes you and you know that your girlfriend's already into threesomes and stuff so I think he's I think he's confused I think he likes her but he also you know scared of Laura getting jealous about it so I think he's he's I think if Abby was the lead instead of Laura, I think they probably still would have dated anyway. Mm. Yeah, and I, I, I think, think I think it's the main thing because if he, if your character would have chosen Abby over Laura, it would completely ruin the chemistry between you and Laura on set. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly, exactly. There, there'd be huge problems there. So then, why did why did you think your character when when Abby says, you know, let's go back to my place and talk? Was your character? Go ahead. I think he was hoping that. <laughs> that something wasn't going to happen. I think it's like, obviously there's a part of him that goes, okay, yeah, I think something's going to happen. But, you know, I think he just, he was hoping for a talk, but as soon as Abby kind of jumped on him, it's just like, you know, no, right. you're, you're done. You, yeah. You're going to have sex with this woman right here. <laughs> like, it's, as soon as there's physical things involved with Abby, it's just like, uh, it's over. So I was, I think Brandon was hoping to just go and talk, but then... You know that happened. So uh, my question is, as far as Abby goes, I mean, Abby to me, Abby's so selfish because it goes back to the whole Nick situation and everything. I feel like Abby just completely only cares about herself in every single situation she's involved in. So, do you think she really cares about Brandon? She's trying to secure a higher position on the show, or um, I. I think she likes him. I think she genuinely likes him. I do too. And the fact that, you know, your character is very much more of a man than the teenage boy that you play on the Christian show. And I think that's very appealing. It, it's you kind of, you have your you have uh, your your stuff together. And you know you, you have your career, you have your own place, you're considerate, you cook. You know, fine wine, good lover, apparently, according to all of the twister sex that you guys are having. (laughs) (laughs) So I just, I think that, you know, she's really kind of liking the fact that this is like the next step for her. Yeah. A good guy. Mm. Somewhat of a good guy because, you know, you have a girlfriend, so that's not the greatest part of it. Brett, I also yeah. Brett, I also think that Abby's character, I think the poor thing is lonely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a guy she likes, and I think she truly does like him, but she's also lonely. She doesn't have anybody. Tariq is in Canada, which we never saw them, you know, interact anyway, except for, one, for, for once or twice during season one. But Abby's pretty much alone. She's pretty much lonely. So it's almost, she's kind of uh, clinging just a little bit, but I do think that she genuinely likes your character. Yeah, I mean that's that's exactly actually what I think. I think I mean she's going through that breakup with Nick, and that was that was really hard to do. And then I was kind of there to make her feel better, um, you know, could kind of joke around that she smelled like chlorine and all that kind of stuff. I made her feel better that day, so I think that really kind of you know opened her eyes to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, yeah, and then that's, then she came over to my house, and then I cooked dinner, and then she really kind of like it started liking me. So I think I think she does like me because. She went. She was going through a lot at the time too, so that really also got her to like me a lot too. I was gonna say, I feel like with Abby, she's always going through something, and then 
ever since the first episode when she broke up with her boyfriend from Canada, mm-hmm. then she fell into Connor's arms, then she fell into Nick's arms. She breaks up with Nick and now she's falling into his arms. She falls for like the first guy who shows her any type of attention. Mm. Yeah, um, she's vulnerable. She's very vulnerable. She's very vulnerable. But I will say this: her character in this show, in this episode, um, she could have made a different choice. And as you notice at the beginning of the episode, she went and got another apartment at the LA complex mm-hmm. versus instead of going and sticking to the initial offer that Brandon offered like you can have my place because technically your character Brett is living with Laura or staying Mm. with Laura the majority of the time but she didn't take advantage of that because I think she too is in a very she's in a vulnerable position and if she continues down this road and stays in your space and place that it's going to make things even more complicated than it already was knowing that she has feelings for you for sure Let's talk about uh, let's talk about Laura showing up to Abby's place before the confrontation, but just yeah. to break things off with Abby or what she thought was something with Abby. Yeah, because uh, obviously Laura has some issues. I think we all know she's a little bit out there and a little crazy. <laughs> uh, but I thought it was funny how she she broke off the whole thing. She was basically saying, you know, um, I I value my relationship with Brandon no matter how much I'm into you, and it kind of shows with Brandon too. He values his relationship with Laura, not enough to the point where he's not going to hook up with Abby, but he still has you know in the back of his mind he still cares about Laura a lot and when yeah. Laura showed up as I was funny when she does like it's just a little quirky thing she does like just a little wink at the end a little kiss like stuff like that how she does that with Abby mm-hmm. it's just humorous but um then we see the flip side of her when she realizes which I called it I don't know if you caught that when I watched it. I was like oh I'm sure she's gonna see his car, car or something. Yeah. yeah we wondered so about that she saw the car and then when uh obviously when Brandon's about to leave she's standing right there at the door at the door waiting well I think, too, that when she initially went into Abby's apartment to sit and talk with her, she came to the realization that the character Brandon was not paying as much attention to her as he normally would, that she she felt that there was a disconnect. And when a girl feels that there's a disconnect, it's like, okay, let me start to weed out what that could possibly be so we can reconnect. And I don't know. Am I wrong, Brett, by say, thinking or saying that maybe the character overhearing the conversation was like, oh, snap, I need to kind of pay attention to my girl and this other girl is just whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because yeah, I mean, Brandon was in the, the washroom the whole entire time they were talking. Oh, restroom, sorry. You, yeah. Restroom <laughs> in the States. <laughs> um, I was in the restroom the whole time she was talking on, her, on the, at the bed there with Abby, and I think that made him realize a lot. That made him realize that, well, what am I doing here? I mean, I'm cheating on her. And even though we are having threesomes, but it's still kind of like, you know, I'm having threesomes with my girlfriend. It's not, it's not. Like, it's not cheating if she's okay with it, you know what I mean? If she's but, in the room. If she's in the room, yeah. <laughs> and so... Yeah. So, so, I, so, I mean, I, I, that made me... I think that made Brandon realize, like, oh, oh my God, I really screwed up here. Like, so, Laura's saying that she can't do this anymore to Abby, and I'm in the washroom listening to all this, and it's just like... I, I made him realize that, wow, I've been, I'm cheating on her right now, and this isn't good. What I really liked toward the end is once, um, once they, you guys were walking out the apartment, and there's all the, there's all the yelling and screaming, and she's just going completely ballistic, talking about, you know, we're not going to do a threesome anymore. And so now everybody's watching. So the first thing I'm thinking about is, okay, are people going to have out their cell phones? Are people going to start recording? Which we didn't see that, but clearly there's going to be other things that's in store. So I know you can't really give too much information, but is there anything that you can tell us that we can look forward to in regards to what's going to happen? Will you be torn? Will you guys break up? Will you go back to Abby? Is there any kind of juice, something that you can give us? 
Like the previous. I really wanted to tell you the answer to this, but okay, I gotta bite my tongue for a sec. Okay, it's bitten. Okay, we're good. Um, <laughs> I think. Well, here, well, I'll tell you this. Um, all I know is that next episode is, is it's gonna be it's gonna be intense. Like, I mean, there's a lot that just happened, and remember with the morality clause and all this kind of stuff, and there were people all around. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, in a real, in a normal world, I think that anyone would capture that on camera. Oh, yeah, you'd be totally TMZ. And oh, even- sure. I mean, I, I love that kind of stuff. I love drama in the middle of the street, so I'd be there with, like, two phones <laughs> in case one died. I, I was going to say, even with um, even with Laura's threat where she was saying, you know, if any of you guys say anything or show us anybody, then... Um, I'll come back because yeah, I know, back, you I know where you live. But you're not, not going to find out which exact person released that footage or whatever. So that's I wouldn't be phased by her threat. And then who are you? Like, yeah, well, when people are upset, you know, they say things, and I'm going to come after you. But, I mean, the reality is it's probably not. But being that this is a TV show, I do think... I personally do think that something is going to happen where it's going to affect all three of you guys, and, and something's going to happen. Somebody's going to get fired. But Alan Thicke's character is not in there for... He's, he's not there for no reason. So, so I believe that something is going to happen. That's gonna cause something between yourself, Abby, or Laura. Something has got to go down because Ooh. Alan Thicke wouldn't be making special guest appearances as a producer of this show for nothing. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. All right, so okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it at that. Then. Awesome. Can we can we talk about can we talk about uh, team brand uh, team Brandon really quick? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, for you guys that are out there watching or listening, there was this poll that was taken on Twitter where people are for Team Brandon. And so there was these uh, different T-shirts that people can have or people can, can pick which T-shirt they liked. And so there was like four different shirts, and we talked about this last week, but there was one of you by yourself. I think you were holding a Bible. There was there was two other ones. Uh, there was two other ones with you in a different color. And then the fourth one was the one that was with you in the middle with Abby. And and uh, Abby and Laura on the side. So if you can pick, uh, if you can pick uh, a Team Brandon T-shirt out of those four, who would you pick, or what shirt would you pick? Oh, nice! I actually, I really want one of these shirts. Um, <laughs> I would pick. I think oh, I like the red one. I think the red one's just cool when I'm just sitting there and it's a, the red. Oh no, I'm standing there mm-hmm. with the red background and the LA complex in the corner there. I think I don't know. I just I like that one. Nice. It just because the red kind of represents like the darkness of it, and you know, and then there's me just sitting there. It's like it's not. I don't know. I like it. I like it. But I also like the Christian one too, and the threesome one. I like. I want all four to be honest. <laughs> okay. Well, it's, <laughs> I believe. Which it one was, do you like? I I I'm I'm. I like the threesome T-shirt. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like the one with you in the middle. I think that's how. Plus, it has Abby, and I mean, come on. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. it's good, the most popular one's probably gonna be the threesome one. I mean, because. The, it's the it's the the the, the drama of it all. Right. The yeah. Good. Good guy. Bad boy. Like you just have this whole yin yang thing going on, and it's kind of hot. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I like I like them all. I think they did a great job with those shirts. And I believe it was a uh, Club LA Complex on Twitter is the one that actually took that poll, and there was over two thousand people, close to two thousand people that actually viewed and uh, and and voted. So um, wow, you know, so you have you have some fans out there. So they <laughs> they really like you. Is there anything else that um, we can look forward to uh, in addition to LA Complex? Any movies Any, or guest yeah. appearances, TV shows? It's, it's LA Complex like in general. Oh no, for you personally. For you personally. Oh, for LA Complex. Um, yeah, well, yes. All I know is that, st- like, 
um, it's going to be just hard, intense drama. Okay. Intense drama from this point. <laughs> Do you have any movies that you're working on aside from L.A. Complex? Or any other projects? Oh, yes. Actually, uh, yeah, I just got word today that I'm, I don't know if you heard of the show Bomb Girls. Um, it's, a, it's a Canadian show, and it's, I think it's going to be starting, I think it's actually started airing in the States a little bit ago, but um, mm-hmm. I just signed on to the second season, so I'll be for in that for the second season. Congratulations. It, uh, Congrats. It takes place in the 50s, actually. Oh, uh, nice. 1940s, 1940s. So it's a, it's a war piece, and it's really, really cool. Yeah. And I play a soldier that's really messed up from the war. Nice. Nice. Yeah, and it's uh, really, really excited about this one. So that's going on. Well, we're going to have to check that. Well, I definitely will check that out. <laughs> Bomb girls. Yeah, it's, no, it's going to be really intense. I think Miriam has a crush. I do. Yeah, she <laughs> Sorry. Has, she has a crush. I do have a crush. Yeah. But, uh... Aww, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tease. <laughs> we really no appreciate problem. you uh, you taking the time to, to call and talk with us, though, about your character in the L.A. Complex, and um, hopefully, maybe we'll meet you in person one day. Yeah, do you have a Twitter or a Facebook or a website that you want to let your fans know about so they can follow you and your career? Oh yeah, yeah. I have a I have a Facebook fan page. That's uh, it's Brett Dyer, and then uh, then I have my Twitter page. That's Brett Dyer. So two Brett Dyers. <laughs> okay. And then of course you also have um, you also have Twitter as well. Yeah, yeah. Twitter and Facebook. Twitter and a Facebook fan page. Awesome. Well, we will. Definitely- oh yeah, and I have Instagram now. Oh. I did nice. Nice. Well, please take some pics on the set and um, tell everyone we said hello. And um, we've had a lot of great guests that has either called in or appeared. So you know, tell them we all said hello and uh, tell them we would like to we would like for them to all come on and be guests or call in or something. So absolutely, oh, definitely, man. Well, thank you so much, uh, Brett, for joining us. We really appreciate it, and uh, I definitely be following your Instagram. Uh, look at you. <laughs> Awesome. Thanks right. so much, guys. You guys are awesome. Thanks. Take Have a great care. night, man. All right. Thank you, Brian. All right. See ya. Okay. Bye bye. Well, well, that guys, was super cool. It was cool. fun. Yeah. That was fun. He's very laid back, down to earth, fun guy. I like how we like try to pry them to give us just a little bit more information, yeah. and they just have. I like the whole bite my tongue thing. They have really to bite cute. their tongue. They can only tell us so yeah. much. But um, guys. This is my plea to you. Uh, <laughs> we, really, we really want to know what you think. You know, each week we come here and we take time of our schedules to, you know, chat about one of our favorite shows because we are super fans of L.A. Complex. And, you know, we do it for you guys. We want to make sure that you're entertained. And we really want to go deep into the show and analyze the storylines, interview guests for you guys and everything. But it would really, really, really help us out if you took just five minutes, not even five minutes, two minutes maybe out of your day, depending on how fast you are on the computer and the internet, to go to iTunes and rate, comment, subscribe, and also share. But really, just if rating and commenting is the the really important thing. But if you could share it with others, that would be great too. Um, because, like I say every week, that one person you share it with, they might share it with somebody else, or they might tell others about many of the other great AfterBuzz TV after shows like Glass House or Girls or America's Got Talent or Scandal or True Blood or any of the... I was going to say hundreds, but I don't know how many shows we have anymore. We do have there's a lot, there's of, there's a lot, a lot of shows, shows. though. We have tons <laughs> of shows. Um, so do check it out. And also, there's a podcast app. If you want to check that out, you can download that for your uh, Apple-related products that have apps. And then <laughs> with that app, it actually puts all your podcasts into one location. And it's essentially an easier way to organize all your podcasts. So check that out, too. But please um, do rate, comment, subscribe on iTunes. And we would really appreciate it. So... Awesome. Yeah. Um, but let's get to the next storyline. Oh, Connor and Jen. <laughs> I was not expecting what happened tonight. It to was happen. a shocker. I mean, I, I'm I, not. I mean, I was. 
I wasn't expecting it, but I'm not surprised. Definitely not surprised. Um, when he, we all knew it couldn't be a burglar. It just that wasn't going to happen. But we, I wasn't thinking it was a burglar. I did for a second. I thought that when he asked to go make her some coffee. I'm thinking. I thought he was going to burn, himself, he gonna burn himself again. I did too. I and then to we see. But what was so funny? It was like a huge salt pepper shaker that mm-hmm. he grabbed that he was going to like beat the guy with. I mean, like there's knives. And you could have used anything, but a, a big salt, pe- uh, salt pepper shaker. Well, I mean, a giant pepper pepper mill or whatever it is. It, it's kind of like if you grab a bat. Honestly, right. you know, you don't want to, you know, put a knife. To somebody and draw blood, but you definitely want to knock him out. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think he just went with his first instinct. Here he is. He's like coffee, whatever, and yeah. then grab the first thing that you see in sight. So I guess the the, the whole thing with this whole storyline, what happened with this episode is, even though you know they have this agreement where it's only for publicity as far as the whole relationship goes, I still feel that would have been a bit of vital information to tell somebody that I'm still married even though we're not together anymore I'm still legally married I don't think that she necessarily expected her ex-husband or soon to be ex-husband whenever he decides to sign the papers to just show up Yeah. and the fact is is she hired Connor in as an employee and you don't tell your employees everything and he initially wasn't supposed to be staying at her place the way that he is but with all the things that have happened with Raquel it naturally led him to the position that he's in. And the I will say this, the position that he's in right now, he's falling for her. Yeah. And it's because she's doing this whole mother naturing, uh, nurturing thing with him that he's finally getting that attention and that sweetness from a woman that's older that he never really got from his own mother. Right. And he's become a little attached. He's becoming a little attached very quickly to that. And I'm a little scared for him, quite frankly. Well, my question, I don't know much about divorce, but as far as if he hasn't signed the papers and they haven't like started the whole divorce process could her dating somebody else and possibly sleeping with this guy affect anything in the future no i don't think so because i i think the husband eric he was completely aware of that which is why he was throwing out those uh uh, um, scenarios of of what their relationship was so he clearly knew because when he had the conversation with um when he had the conversation with connor about you know anytime you have something good you better hold on to it because he knew that he lost her at some point which maybe we'll find out at some point but he knew that he lost her and so i think he knew what i think he knew what's going on i think jen has the upper hand in the relationship well i know that he knows but i'm saying if he wanted to turn it around i'm just confused because like with the whole mm-hmm. Kim okay, Kardashian, saying, yeah. chris humphries has- thing like that type of situation no, that's night and day. This is apples and oranges. Okay. Mm-hmm. Apples and oranges. They have they they she filed for divorce a year ago. Mm-hmm. He's had the papers for a year and doesn't want to sign them. He also has a girlfriend that kicked him out, which is why oh, he showed right. up. He had a girlfriend place. too. Okay. So okay. it's more of a, a legal separate or I don't even know if it's legal, but they're separated. They're yeah. separated. There's an understanding that they have relationships going on and he's hanging on to what little thread he has left by not signing those papers. Yeah. She wants to be out of the marriage and just go on about her life and hire her boyfriends as, you know, her career needs them to be hired. Or does she? Cuz we don't know much about their about their marriage. So does she really want him to sign the papers? I mean, Yes, she does want him to sign the papers and she made that very clear. And the fact is, is yes, she cares about him. She also knows that he's moved on. Mm-hmm. She also said to him that he made a mistake with Kelly, his girlfriend that kicked him out, that she was a great thing and the best thing that's ever happened to him. They obviously didn't see eye to eye, right. which is why they're separated. Because if they were really good together, they'd still be together. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's, 
you know, she's the fabulous one, the famous one, the one that has everything. He pawned his wedding ring. He's, he's you know, no offense. He's kind of a little bit of a dirtbag. Right. A bum. Yeah, he's a little bit of a bum. Bum, dirtbag, whatever. You know, he, he relies on her. And if he signs those papers, he's cut off completely. So he's hanging on to what's left of that relationship. And he knows that she needs to keep moving forward with her career. And he's not good for that. Right. So here he sees this this hot, young 20-something actor in you know with her naturally he's going to throw out the obvious which is what did she like you know did you pick him up for award season that kind of stuff now the question is we saw how obviously Connor doesn't trust him and then we saw the scene where he's trying to steal the wedding ring uh, and then eventually he's going to try to pawn that wedding ring Mm -hmm. Um, and then they get into this big altercation and Connor gets the ring back and we see that after that he says that he forms like a, a bond for him, a respect for him because he, I guess, approached him or whatever. Do you trust this whole friendship that might happen between the two of them? Absolutely not. Because I, I feel like he's going to try to use Connor as a way to stay closer to Jennifer if she tries to get rid of him. Do you see what I'm saying? I get, I get what you're saying. For, uh, men, we bond quickly than girls. Like, we can have we can have one conversation and then we can go and play video games or go out for beers or something and we could form a a, 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 a um not, not, you can not, kick not, each yeah. other's asses and right. still be and yeah. become good friends because of it I get that but I just don't know if his motives are I think he's pure. a sleazy guy and I don't think his motives are pure okay I, I think th- and I think he was very honest with Connor by saying you know what don't unpack right now. Right. If you unpack, you're going to wind up leaving anyway. I think he, um, I think that he sees through the Jen and knows her long enough to know what she's capable of doing and where what her motives are, and he, he's not going to let her go right. that quickly because she's now with some guy. He knows. I think they they all have motives. They all have motives, and the only one that's going to probably wind up getting hurt in all of this is Connor. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, let's talk about Cal and his father and Donna, because that's a whole interesting situation. You know, (laughs) Cal's still figuring out who he is. And we opened up with uh, Dynasty basically pressuring Cal to come into the studio. You know, we understand Dynasty's angle, like even though Dynasty's still getting paid, the record company still wants their record. They still need more money from the record sales. And if he's not going to produce that album, they're going to investigate what's going on what's wrong right business is still business business. is business right so even though you're still getting paid he still needs to come do that record obviously Kyle's going through a lot of things he doesn't want to deal with that right now and his father is kind of pushing him in a direction he doesn't want to go either so he's being pushed on both sides for his career and his love life or personal Mm -hmm. life um and so we see him at the mission and you know he's talking to donna and stuff and then basically he's being the good guy he is he helps the the mission as far as getting the air conditioned unit to kind of fixing up the place um because he has money money to blow yeah um but that's for a good reason and his father which we all saw is coming his father says you know i'm gonna take you guys out to eat <laughs> for lunch or whatever on ten dollars but mm-hmm. he takes them out to eat and then we see that his father has an appointment to go to so he leaves of course and leaves him t- alone and do you it, think that was a fake it was fake yeah i didn't see that honestly coming I, I don't know maybe i spaced out but i just saw a genuine thank you on his half and yeah. you know what let me grab these two together i didn't think he was gonna leave quite frankly i'm not surprised that he did but i didn't think that he was gonna leave i think yeah. that he was genuinely really happy that cal went out of his way to pay for the air conditioner and the electric bill so that these people could live a more comfortable lifestyle during their time at the mission for however long that they're there now 
the one thing that I will say is Cal right now is definitely in some dangerous, dangerous territory. Mm-hmm. He was probably better off not getting involved with Donna. Right. And what? saying, you know, maybe saying to his dad, like, you know what, um, I'm, I, I'm not ready for that. Right. But he's so torn with his homosexuality that he's he's going to try to counteract it with Donna. Mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of people are going to get really hurt. Yeah, it's going to blow up in his face. What purpose does Donna serve at the mission? She's a social worker. She's, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh I just don't know how I feel about the whole situation. We, we, we got to the restaurant. The father leaves, um, Walter. Then we see Cal's looking up at the waiter. Mm-hmm. And we see that first connection. It was funny because I hate looking at Twitter before I come on the show because... I didn't do it. I, I looked at Twitter and Ben Watson tweeted. He was like, um, does Cal have a new boyfriend now or something? Um, but And we, and, and um, Andre was tweeting about that boys and men 1992 sweater that he had on the preppy thing yeah. the, like the, it reminded me of like happy days or something yeah. like, what's up with that <laughs> but uh but yeah we saw that connection and I, I honestly so here's my thing um even though that was a lust connection it was, it was a, a lust connection yeah. but even though cal is obviously he's aware of his feelings and his emotions but he's still a very much a public figure i just don't know if I feel like he would know how to control that where he wouldn't make those type of glances. I don't know. No. I agree. A good point. No. When you see someone that you're but, attracted to, no matter what the situation is, Mary, especially... Hold on. Hold on. Especially... No, I'm going to let you say. Especially when, when you get the... There's a, there's a flirt. There's a way to flirt. And when you flirt, it's, it's kind of... People always give me give me crap because I always say that I don't like people that stare. Mm-hmm. They weren't necessarily staring at each other. It was one of those things where they caught each other's eye. It was like this, and then another eye catching thing. Yeah. And so once you have that, like a couple eye contact things like, going on, like look at me. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like hey, and then like you know, uh, yeah. Okay, but the okay, what I was gonna say the first one I can understand. Okay, you like you see this guy, you're oh okay, oh okay, you like you do your first one, but after that I felt like it was excessive to the point where she, why didn't Donna notice this? She noticed that he was distracted. I think she noticed a little bit. I I think she was so. She was a. She's talking. Yeah, she's, she's a yacker. Yeah. She's talking so much that she's really not paying attention to him because she's too busy talking to him, trying to, you know, engage him in conversation. No, I think. I think she did catch it, and it's every time she says, "Am I talking too much? Mm-hmm. I must be talking too much right now." She caught that he got distracted. Right. Or went somewhere else, and that somewhere else was with the the guy that was at the restaurant. Whether I don't know, was he a customer or a waiter? He's a waiter. Could he have been just bored? No, no yeah, that was a, that was a flirtation. Definitely into the guy. And it's I'm it's, talking about bored as far as Donna's per, uh, from her eyes. Could she think that like, okay, am I talking too much? Like, is he bored? Oh, oh that's probably what she was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah, from her perspective. But he he's he's it's not that he's bored. He's just not interested because right. that's not his thing. He uses women as a front, so so to speak, beard is mm-hmm. what they call them. Um, and I think that's why he's going down this road with her. But it's, like I said, dangerous territory. But he is naturally going to be attracted to a man. And if a man gives him attention, he's going to be a little bit more open to that. Now, I will say. I have to, dis- I have to disagree. I do agree with uh, uh, e, I do agree with you on that in that sense that with you being a public figure out and open 
you just you just should not make it so obvious. Okay, so here's my thing because, for instance, what if, what if there are other people in the restaurant who are like, oh my gosh, like that's Cal, that's Cal King over there, like that's Cal, and then they look over him, but he's like making glances with this dude. It wasn't. It was obvious to us because we're watching it on camera. But if you're in a loud restaurant and you're having lunch with your friends, you're not staring at the next table. Now, granted, yes, they're going to see that Cal is sitting at a table and they're going to recognize him. If he's looking in any which direction, he could be rolling his eyes. It's just super obvious for us. It's obvious for us, but for, for for the normal person, you wouldn't know that. And this is another thing. When it comes to the gay community, especially with a guy like Caldrick, there is a little bit of discretion, especially when necessary. And I will say that I did not think that this guy would be discreet. I was nervous for Caldrick with this guy. Yeah, I thought that it was going to be a setup. I did too. Totally thought it was a setup. Well, because he, he wrote down his number, and then when Cal called, though, and the guy was like, you know, you meet me where I am, that's where I kind of like. Well, because Cal can't invite him to his house. Right, but. Actually, he can. There's nobody Cal's there. His house is safe, it's empty. But except for with his dad showing up, but you right. don't. But you don't want to. You don't want someone who that's just like a celebrity. If it was a big celebrity and they were and they oh, were getting ready, you, you don't want you don't want as a celebrity. You don't want some one nighter to come to your house and know where you stay and just risk you and your house in Hollywood Hills or something. You don't want to do that. So I think that this the waiter was very discreet with how he did it. He wrote it on a piece of on a, on a on a matchbox, flipped it like, "Hey, here's my number." Dropped it on the floor. It's your choice to go and get it. So there like I said there's a discretion, especially when you are dealing with that type of situation. And so he was discreet to a certain degree, but I think that to at a certain point it would have gotten to that. Mm-hmm. It could have gotten sticky. Also notice that when Cal was speaking to the guy on the phone, we only saw his mouth. Mm-hmm. So it could have been another light-skinned boy who had, because he didn't know what he sounded like. So, again, that could have just gone a whole different way. Yeah. So. I, yeah. It, it, it could it could have been a setup. But in the end, so what happened was he's on the phone and he's talking to the guy. And as he, as a guy says, okay, I'll text you, you know, where you can come get me. Then his dad pops in and he was like, as Cal's like literally on his way out the door to go see the, to go meet with the guy. He kind of steps in. He's like, oh, you know, I just want to thank you for, you know, what you did. And I'm really proud of the man that, um, that you have become. And, that's and, what I'm, did it. and I'm really sorry. And again, he does a whole apology thing about, you know, I can't take back my actions, blah, 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 whatever. Um, and then, that conversation struck a nerve with him in which he decided to burn the, to, to burn the to telephone number and now go towards Donna because he thinks that this makes his dad proud. One day I just thought about why didn't he block his number? Because when they showed us... Well, his number might already be blocked. Okay. His number might... He's a celebrity. Yeah. It just showed the number that he was calling. Right, I'm saying, because normally you would do like Star 67 or something. No, but. you can automate. You can yeah, have you can automate. locked. 2012. Oh. Get well, with I, I'm behind. <laughs> I'm behind. Um, I was just thinking about that. But, um, but yeah, so obviously that father thing like really hit a nerve where it was like, I don't want to... That's why I think it was, because when his father said... You could see in his face, his father said, you know, I'm so proud of the man you've become. I think that the underlying choice to not go see that guy is naturally he still is he has Tariq in the back of his mind. 
Mm, yeah. I think he has Tariq in the back of his mind, and Tariq's the guy for him. And Donna's a safe place right now, as long as that, he doesn't like pounce on her like he did in the car. That, kiss, that was an awkward kid. Very awkward. Yeah, it was, and, what, and what was so fa- what was so funny was that she was like, "Okay, you don't have to move that slow." Yeah. So she clearly made it obvious, like, "Look, you know, give me something." Right. Well, mm. I think for her character. For this whole in, for this whole situation, she works at a mission, and it, it's a little bit more of a goody two shoe type thing. And she, you know, he's a bad boy. He's like this really like this sick rapper who kicks people's butts and and throws down and you know goes to prison and all kinds of stuff. And here he is being really super sweet. I think she was not looking for that much aggression but or not yeah. that much of an aggressive <clears throat> approach. But you know, like you know, like hey baby, what's up? Like you know, can I see you after here? Can we hang out after here? But he wasn't even doing that. Yeah, because yeah. he that was not. Would, that yeah. would be the expected. Right. But as a as a woman, if. A guy is not really giving you what you are expecting. Do you make as a woman? Do you make the move and say, "Okay, you can move a little faster." Okay, are we gonna? You know, we could. I'm free. Like, I'm, hi, this- my name's Miriam Gonzalez, <laughs> and I am extremely aggressive. If you don't pounce, I will. What? Yes, I absolutely will. But I'm also a woman in my 30s. I'm not afraid. If I want something, I'll go after it. Yeah. Where. I think that's kind of the deal, you know. I think she was a little bit too... I wouldn't have said to to him, like, hey, well, why aren't you trying anything? I wouldn't have said that. I just would have been like, so... And then let him... Yeah. I would have pushed and pushed and then leaned in and and see if he met me halfway. And if he didn't, then I'd be like, okay, on the cheek and see you later. But, yeah. I mean, she was a little aggressive as far as, like, basically saying, you're taking me out tonight. That's essentially what she said, you're taking me out tonight and stuff like that. I don't like that she asked him to drop his career stuff. Right. That I did not like. Like, oh, you know, take me out to dinner tonight. Oh, well, I have to be in the studio. Right. No, 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 no. no. Career first, Because it's like, don't you know that you messing with your potential money? Right. (laughs) You know? The The only thing good that's coming from this whole Donna thing is she keeps saying, you know, if you're trying to change, you know, change or whatever. Um, and that's the advice that keeps sticking. So hopefully he goes with that advice and changes for the better. Now, one thing I know if you guys noticed, he, she asked him at the end in the last scene, um, do you prefer to be called Cal or Sean? Sean. He said Sean. Mm-hmm. So I think he's just completely, uh, he's torn and he's trying to do something different with his life. But I think that potentially just after us having this conversation, I'm thinking that Walter and Donna are together and and maybe their motives is to get him I don't know I something something about Donna and Walter I'm thinking maybe the two of them aren't together and maybe the dad maybe does well that's predictions but anyway oh yeah because that's I, I said it's getting complex Wait yeah a I love it <laughs> yeah something speaking of complex yeah. dude Raquel in this whole like staged rehab it was hilarious when I think it was funny because like Raquel like we, we've seen numerous sides of her so we know she has a softer side like a genuine softer side we see it from time to time from time to time mm-hmm. and when you you were hearing Ricky, which, by the way, Ricky's back. Ricky is the guy who did the sex tape with your favorite person, Alicia. Good old Alicia, yeah. She'll be back. <laughs> She'll be back soon. Um, but we saw that when Ricky was telling his story and talking about, you know, she, the the therapist was like, you know, where did you go to? Like, what place did it take you back? And he was like, oh, you know, I, I went to this magical or magic or something. Anyway, whatever BS story Sad he was story. giving. Right. And then Raquel's face was like, oh, 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 like 
I'm really into this. And then when they said, oh, we weren't rolling, and he said, oh, oh, I can do it again. He just basically went out of character and got back in the character immediately when he needed to. And I think that's when she realized, you know, this is a production, which I think she had to know. Like, honestly, we all know, like, in those situations, when cameras are all around, there's only certain things that... I think... I think it just I think the reality hit like, wow, this is really like this is really fake. Right. Especially once the producer was trying to egg her on to say certain things. And then there's the whole confessional, because you remember, she's a she's a TV movie star. So she's not she hasn't done reality. So it may have hadn't set into her mind the I don't want to say the fakeness, but what you see in reality is where the people, the producers ask you those type of questions and then they just roll it and, you know, try to get you to do what you do, just like when the girl was in Raquel's room pretending to go crazy. No, I think she really went slightly crazy. They might have pushed her into Raquel's room to promote Raquel or provoke Raquel to become that bitch that she needs to be for the role. Yeah, because the producer said, I have the final cut. Right. I'm going to make you look however I want to make you look. But we all know Raquel. Raquel has her, her ways to get what she wants. And, you know, even though she goes about it in different ways. The way that she did this was very slick. She, I loved it. She walked up to Ricky and she she already had her mic off and she told him to turn his mic off. And she basically no, then she turned it she off. She turned for, it off for him. Oh, when she, she turned it off for him. when she went to hug <laughs> oh, him or something. Yeah. She she cut it off. She turned it off for him and then she basically convinced him that he needs to be this character that she is and she needs to be his character, which is the nice girl. He needs to be the the basically bitch guy. Yeah, yeah. playing she she convinced him and manipulated him to play the role that he wants to get hired. Right. For right, and he can't get hired as the, the nice softie. guy, right? No, right. So it, it was so smart. And then when she saw the cameras coming, you know, they both turned their mics back on. And then we didn't quite know if he was going to do it yet, even though she told him we didn't know if he's going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then we got to that therapy session where the one guy was talking about he was in there because he smoked pot or whatever. And you saw Raquel like kind of looking over at him, waiting for him to kind of get into this character and then finally he snaps and he's like oh you know I'm in here for heroin and you're just doing pot and then Raquel's like oh don't let him bother you and like let me come for you let me give you a hug <laughs> but the look that she gave the producer was like bitch I got you now right. what? Yeah. and the fact she gave she gave the producer a wink it was classic <laughs> it like, really was because it was like that satisfying thing where you know even though we have like a love hate relationship for Raquel. We still love her character so of much. Of course we do. Love her character so much. But I was when the guy was sobbing about the whole marijuana thing. I'm like, dude. I was thinking the same thing as uh, right. as, as I was like, dude, it's just weed. Like, right. th- th- This girl looks strung out on crack. <laughs> and and they, when they showed her <laughs> face, I know. Yeah, when they showed She's her face, and gas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and she had a. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things that. Uh, they, they all feel like they have to play this victimized thing in rehab. And naturally, the producers are going to maneuver it, manipulate it to be how they want it to be. Right. Which is why when you do reality television, which I don't have the heart to do, cameras are always on you. Mm-hmm. You know, and it can get really annoying. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to lose it. Mm-hmm. And as you saw with Raquel and the girl in the room, she was very quickly starting to lose it but then realize cameras are rolling I need to be she's very on top of her game when it comes to who she wants to be outside of this I think that Raquel really truly wants to change who she is and doesn't want to look like a bitch anymore yeah but I do I do the cameras on I don't believe the cameras are always on you I do think it is kind of set up in that way because I did see something on the I was out I was on the set of Dr. Drew one time and so I think that it's like that which speaking of 
reality shows, especially rehab, don't pay one hundred fifty thousand. They're like ten grand or something yeah. silly like that. Speaking of bitch, though, Sabrina, love her. Yes, uh, I love her character. She is. <laughs> that's another character. It's like a love hate relationship because. At first, I mean, each week it's something different. And at first I started to get annoyed with her, you know, with her conniving ways and basically sabotaging Nick all the time. But then it turned into like this cute thing. And then I think maybe I liked it once they started hooking up again. Then it's like kind of a foreplay flirtatious thing. Like I'm sabotaging you, but. But what she did was last week when they made out, now they're now they're in, they're in, now they're in bed. Once we uh, get to their beginning of their scene, mm-hmm. she takes his clothes and then she goes to work and so he's late and then he shows up in her clothes so I just I don't like the girl I think though I'm just leading up to that though I thought it was pretty cute and funny because to see Nick's expression because she had little notes planted for him so at first he thought oh this is a little cute thing oh oh and then he gets to the note where it's like you're late he's like oh and then but um I, I don't know I think the thing was though even though what we have to realize is the slow progression that Nick is having because even though he is getting played. He's finally learning that you can get played, but you still need to know how to play the game and try to stay on top. Because mm-hmm. even though he came there in the girl clothes, they asked for him to pitch his ideas, and he was ready. And he went up there to the board, and she saw that it, it didn't even phase him. Even though he was late, he was prepared. Yeah. So I think that's the realization that even though you know Nick is still getting played, he's finally not this naive guy who's just letting the game overtake him. Agree. He still is slightly naive, right. but he's catching on. He's catching on. And we said this in the beginning when he stole her act, not knowing that mm-hmm. he, he took her, her stand-up, that she brings out the best in him. And... That's why it's so easy to kind of like her, at least for me. One, she's trying to... They're in competition. One of them has to get the job. She knows she's good. She knows he can be good, and she brings that out on him. But she still has to put herself first. And I I mean, I would say that to anybody in this industry. You have to put yourself first before you put another person, because then you're going to miss out on your career and all your goals. If you're like, oh, bam, you know what? You're a great host, and... All right, honey. I'm gonna I'm gonna let this one go right. because no, I'm yeah. sorry, honey. Let the better person win. And if you still like me after this, then we're that much stronger of a team. Right. So I think that's the kind of dynamic that's going on. And for her to set the alarm for the wrong time and leave all these uh, conniving notes, they were sweet. And I mean, she she just knows how to get to him. Right. But he was smart. He's like, you know what? Fine. You're going to sit there and take all my clothes? I'm going to wear all of yours. And he did. And, and he didn't care to make a fool of himself and show up and give his ideas because he knows that what he looks like doesn't matter in this game. It's what he brings to the table. And he brought it. What about when the producer was hitting on her and she yelled, uh, I have herpes? I have herpes. Yeah, that was because Nick played a joke on her that time. And mm-hmm. I don't I didn't. We didn't really catch what he did, though. I think what he did was he had taken, either he took pictures of her or had pictures of her, I want to say maybe naked or in underwear or sleep or whatever the case may be. Maybe, like, when they were doing it, he, like, took some snapshots without her realizing it. And he he must have forwarded them to the producer. Mm -hmm. And it put her in a very, it put her in a position where she could either take the casting couch road to secure the job or... Do what she did by claiming she has her penis. Well, I thought it was funny because we know obviously the boss is a sleaze ball because he goes to the little whorehouses. But it was funny. She said, "I have herpes," and he says, "Oh, which one?" 
And she's like, uh, all of them? Like, it shouldn't matter which one. Um, but yeah. I, one is worse than the other. One is worse than the other. But still, either way, I wouldn't want to either way. Like, But um, another thing, though, is towards the end in their last scene, we see where Nick is basically kissing her and they're having Chinese food, like having a nice romantic evening. And he's like, wait, 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 what am I doing? Like, I'm not going to suck into this trap again. But then he kind of does because she says, okay, I'm going to call truce for 12 hours and, you know, that would be a grace period and then it's back to back to our battle. But I don't, I wouldn't trust her. I think Nick, well, they like each other. They do, That's but. obvious. They like each other. But I think Nick is now starting to catch on. Like, I can't fall asleep here. Right. Yeah. So, sure, let's call a truce. If I were him... I would I would be like okay let's make out and the minute she falls asleep I'm out the door right or after you after you're done making out just leave oh no no he's gonna hit it I mean that's no, no no that's what I didn't I was trying to not say that because it <laughs> sounds sleazy but basically after he finishes after he finished hitting then he packes leave yeah <laughs> all right see you in the morning bye. <laughs> I mean, it could work. Yeah. She would. I, she's too manipulative to do that. Though. Right. She, she would figure would, out some way to get him to stay there yeah. and mess with his mind because he's so easy. I to wouldn't mess put with. it past her yeah. to slip a Mickey in his drink. Yeah. Like, hey, you yeah. want some soda? Yep. Knock him out. He's got his feet glued to the bed or whatever he said that she would do. One more storyline. Let's uh, deal with which <sighs> we don't really like to deal with. But Simon and Beth, that girl got on my last nerve because, today. Okay, so here's the thing: we opened up where. We saw the landlord is basically he's she's overextended her welcome. She said I was going to repair the wires and I'll do this and that. The wires are fixed. Like her, what she said she could fix, she's fixed. Like there's nothing else for her to do. She's completely walled her welcome. Right. So he says basically, you know, this is your eviction notice, and she's pleading for. He's like, you have 48 hours. So Simon has this gig, and we are not quite sure what type of gig this is, but there's a pedophile character, and he's this scary kid who's getting gagged and stuff. And originally his character was supposed to be like a good kid, so they right. change his character. So now he's dealing with the, the pedophile man. Right. Who's like this male diva who doesn't want to see the kids? Right. And so very typical, you know, typical Hollywood, Hollywood set. Type. But mm. money is money. As long as he's not getting hurt, money is money, and she needs the money right now. And that's the thing that bothered me as far as her interrupting every five seconds. And you never, as a not even the talent, but you don't interrupt on set like that. If that never. was if that was Michael Bay, do you know what would have happened to um to Simone? You just some of these producers. I mean, you will literally get killed if you interrupted as a director. Because that's money being wasted every absolutely. time you interrupt. Well, the director was definitely mad that she interrupted and pulled him off the set, but I will say this. From the beginning of him I didn't being... mean to call Michael Bay like that, but No, no, no. You just call it as you see it. Yeah. Um, if, especially if it's in the tabloids, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, here she is. She said in the beginning, if I feel uncomfortable about something, then I'm going to let you know. Why did he not receive any sides prior to getting on set? That's that's probably a little glitch in the writing or in the system as far as what they showed us. Mm-hmm. He should have known. She should have known what he was playing when they got there. So that was the first mistake if he had not seen a script or whatever the case may be. Secondly, when the guy came in and the stylist was dressing him, 
and and the pedophile came in, she was like, oh yeah, he, he plays the pedophile. He's a method actor. There's a slight chance, and that would make me nervous, that he could actually be, be a, pedophile. a pedophile. I was thinking the same thing. And so now she's becoming a little uneasy. She's putting Simon in this. She's allowing Simon, especially as his guardian, to be in the situation where he's got this creepy guy who doesn't want to see the child because he wants to kind of really feel the role when he's there. And that could be a little uneasy. This isn't exactly like a show on Nickelodeon. This is like, you know, law and order kind of stuff. (laughs) She totally should have been informed either by the, the, the wardrobe stylist. She should have been informed in some shape, form or fashion. Or did she just sign the papers and not read what so we don't really know because there's a, there wasn't be, much. It could be some discrepancy as far as the fact that she's not a real agent. Maybe she didn't read everything properly. Yeah. Um, and then like the wardrobe stylist or director, somebody said basically, didn't you read for multiple roles? Yeah. So she might have just assumed because remember she said that Simon didn't tell her that he read for more than one role. Yeah. He just told her about the one role that he read for, I guess. Or maybe that's what she assumed. Well, she assumed that he went in for one. Right. And, you know, you go in there and they're like, okay, all right, you don't sound that great as, as you know, Connor. Why don't you read for Nick? Which yeah. would make sense. So when he said, when they called and said he booked the part, she probably just assumed, oh, he got the nice kit. And because she doesn't have the agent mindset, she wouldn't investigate and say, okay, is it for this role or is it right. for another role? And as a kid, he wouldn't understand. He just says, okay, he's reading for a couple parts, but right. he's just he's just happy to be acting. Right. So there was a lot of there was a lot of glitches in both on her on her neglect as well as the um, the the film company or the you know the set. People. Yeah, and it just goes back to what I was saying last week, and Kelly, all of us have been saying this whole her trying to be an agent and be a hustler is going to come back to bite her in the ass. Yeah, because so basically what happened was they kept changing the things that was on his face. One time it was mm-hmm. a, uh, one time it was a um, like a like a gag or something was gagging him in the mouth and then it was something else and then they put a, um, a plastic bag over it and so once she saw that she felt that, that Simon was being um, was being suffocated which the, which the bag had holes she said enough's enough she basically walked off the set and so now she could potentially be sued uh, for the cost of production. She mm-hmm. Walked off, and now Simon, who's been kind of like upset with his sister, by the time he, by the time <laughs> they get to the house, that little boy was pissed off. He was, livid. He was like, "I hate you." I mean, that's a natural sibling rivalry. He's doing what he loves and wants to do. She takes him off set. There's a lot of naiveness on both of their parts Mm -hmm. regarding um, how this is being handled. Now, as far as the production company suing them, they're going to have to go through this fake agency that Mm -hmm. she created. So who are they going to sue? You know, and and it's they're both they're all screwed for the most part. But. There's a lot of naiveness going on on both of their parts, and that's part of being in L.A. You're naive, and you'll learn very quickly. It's funny, though. Simon always, like, they both have... They both are naive, but Simon always seems like sometimes he has more common sense in certain areas. Like when he was saying, when he was screaming at her, basically saying, you know, you don't want to go back to living in a car. Like, we needed that money. Like, we need that money. So you can't... I think it wasn't necessarily saying that, hey, sis, you were wrong for taking me off that set, because... I don't think he was thinking that, but I don't think he was saying that. I think he was starting to say or trying to get in her head. You need to learn how to control your temper and realize there's a time and a place. Like you can't be so hot headed every single every single place we go. Because of his because of their situation, he is a little bit wise beyond his right. years. Yeah. And he knows that he's gotta do the hustle and he's capable of doing so to make things happen. And he doesn't want to go back to living in a car. I mean, who does? Right. So yes, he's he's trying to she needs there's a lot for her to learn she does need to control her temper I mean she can make enemies very quickly and that's Mm -hmm. not something you want to do this is a very 
big town and very small at the same time. Right. Everybody knows everybody. And once you're in, you're in. And you can be ruined fairly quickly. Right. And he doesn't want to be ruined. That little stint that she did by pulling him off the way that she did by not doing her homework regarding his role and what everything was supposed to happen could ruin his future because she doesn't know how to bite her tongue. Right. Yeah. Well, let's go to predictions. Predictions. <laughs> predictions. <laughs> You're so since we just talked about Simon and Beth, like like I said, I just think that that whole I kind of just want the storyline to fade away. And I've been looking at Twitter and stuff. A lot of people just aren't happy with this Simon and Beth storyline because it kind of just seems like it was thrown in here. Yes, it's showing us a different side of the industry that we weren't seeing before, which I appreciate. But people need to know that kind of stuff. Yeah, I just don't. But the thing is, is in that in real life, we don't mm, like it to begin with. So to see <laughs> yeah. it actually happening yeah. kind of yeah. sucks. I like the I like that they put that storyline in there, regardless of it kind of being like, where did that come from? Right. It, that's that's the nature of the beast. That's what they're all trying to do, and everyone is at a different level in their career in this. So I I I, I hope that she. I think that she's going to go through a lot more of heartache before they really start to get it. I don't think she's going to be in season three. I don't think. I don't know. Maybe this is kind of a revolving thing. She, uh, apparently, <laughs> Alicia's coming back, <laughs> and so she has to. Ricky's back, so she'll yeah. she'll come back, and then Beth and Simon will go, and Alicia will Leave. come for a little. Uh, will come for you know come for a little while, and then she'll go, and then they'll introduce another storyline. So. That's just what I think in regards to her. As far as the Cal uh, Caldrick situation, mm. I th- think that Walter and Donna, I think they're brewing something up or trying to make him. I don't know. I think maybe they're trying to make him straight or something. Well, I don't, I don't know. think that he they knows. Don't know. They don't know. Uh, well, maybe. I've, uh, no, I, he's kept it on the DL too long. I don't think that they know. I think that that his dad wants to see him not be in the lifestyle that he used to be in and he doesn't want him to turn out how he did and so here's this nice girl who can give him the life that he deserves and can be sweet and good and pure and all that's yummy in the world but because they don't know that Cal has this secret life it's it's going to be very dangerous and a lot of people I think I think his dad's going to be disappointed I think that Dynasty's going to bring Tyreek back and I think that Donna is going to get very, very hurt. Please bring Tyreek back. It's about but, time. But the lifestyle that Caldrick has versus his dad, his dad, I mean, he's a rapper, he's rich, and he probably, he thinks he has multiple girls. But to compare Caldrick's lifestyle with the dad, to me, is totally is, is totally. They different. both went to prison at some point for some reason. And he knows that the lifestyle of Cal being this gangster, rapper, um, prison life is not the way to go. And he wants him to kind of be a good guy and yeah. not 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 that he's going to turn out like his dad. But they're kind of on the same path as far as tempers and, and, you know, even though Cal doesn't drink or do drugs the way that his dad did, they're going down that prison lifestyle. And, you know, if Tyreek had ratted him out, then he would be in a really... He'd be in, he'd be back in jail. Right. So I think his dad is really trying to do that, and I I think that it's going to blow up in their face. Now, as far as Connor and Jen are concerned, I think that uh, Connor's going to get hurt. Uh, it's definitely going to get hurt. And um, as far as the threesome, you know who I think is going to rat him out? Who? Eddie. Eddie. 
I think Eddie's going because Eddie was very excited the last episode like oh my god you had a threesome with those two people they're so great I think Eddie's going to rat them out and Eddie's going to bank with the tabloids all the way that is a great prediction actually I didn't think about that I mean, we talked about that last week when Eddie was, you know, inquisitive right. and he figured it out. Right. So because he had the what it, uh, big big sleep, so he had one of the fastest phones you ever seen in his <laughs> yeah, life. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really didn't think about that, but I'm excited where that whole threesome thing, like how it exploded. I'm excited to see where that goes. Yeah. And I think they're all going to lose their job, and I think that Brandon's going to go to Abby because somehow is going to lose. I it. think somehow they're going to try to get Abby off the show but it's going to end up blowing up in all of their faces. Yep. Yeah, I don't think they'll all be fired. I think one will be fired and then maybe the truth or something will come out. But, you know, keep watching. Uh, keep watching LA Complex and definitely keep watching us. We want to thank our special guest again, Mr. Brett Dyer, yeah. for calling in. Thank you for joining and us. So, um, oh, and uh, please be sure to go to iTunes. Like I said, rate, comment, and subscribe. We do want to be back in the top 10 if you guys can help us. Just saying. So rate, comment, subscribe. Yeah, and where it. can we find you guys? You can find me, Miriam L. Gonzalez, on Twitter. And you can follow me, Bam Erickson, on Twitter. I'm not going to spell it out because you're <laughs> laughing every time I do that. And you can follow me at Emilio E. Jr. and ChasingLA.com. And we will see you guys with Kelly next week. On Monday. Oh, well, oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Announcement. We forgot to make that announcement. Oh, that should have been the news, I guess. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, they're moving to Monday. Yeah, they're moving to Mondays. Um, so next week, uh, the LA Complex will be on Monday at 8 o'clock, new night and new time, but we will still be here on Tuesday at our same time. So yes. You won't see us next Monday, but you'll see us on Tuesday, so make sure you still stay tuned in, and uh, yeah. All right. See you guys next week. See you next week. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 